I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 190 in which we get a little bit crazy and I am recording this on Monday, November 23rd, 2015. And I say that with some surprise because, oh my gosh, it's already almost December. I don't know where this fall, well, I do know where the fall has gone. It should not be any surprise to me that it has flown by because it's been pretty hectic. Um, anyway, before I jump into all of that, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you to any new listeners. Um, like I said, I've been hearing from a few of you and that's always really fun to have new voices join our conversation. I also want to say thank you to those of you who have been around a while, not implying that you're old, <laughs> not by any means. You've just, you've been with me for a while. We've been buddies for a long time since this podcast was, you know, knee high to a grasshopper. Um, you can probably tell that I'm indulging in a fair bit of procrastination tonight. <laughs> I was actually uh, planning on spending the evening doing, uh, working on my paper and just really wasn't in the mood. And so I decided that, you know, maybe it would be a, a creative um, a spur for me to do the podcast and then I'll go back to my paper and I'll be all sorts of refreshed and renewed and that's my rationalization. I'm sticking to it. In any case, <laughs> I did want to make sure I got an episode out earlier this in the week rather than later because this weekend is BFSI, Black Friday, so in on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving here in the United States. Um, Friday, whenever Friday happens for the rest of you anywhere else in the world. Some of you get to Friday a little sooner than the rest of us do. And um, I just wanted to make sure I let you all know, if you listen to this sometime before Friday, that we are indeed doing the Black Friday sew-in. It's um, something that I sort of inadvertently launched a few years back. Um, <laughs> just spur of the moment, like the night before, when some of us on Twitter were talking about how much we hate Black Friday, and I said something about, I think we ought, ought to stay inside and stay at our sewing machines and protest, and hence the Black Friday sew-in was born. Um, I have not actually been able to participate every single year myself because of family responsibilities, etc. Um, and in fact, last year at this time, I was actually uh, packing and getting ready to go to Burma. I left for Burma the day or two after Thanksgiving. Uh, so Black Friday sewing didn't really happen for me, but this year I am determined to be at my sewing machine at least a significant portion of the day. I will have to do some coursework. I've got that paper due. Um, but given that it's a whole day and actually a whole weekend, because as I've assured a couple of people who work on Friday that actually Black Friday often ends up being a whole weekend. BFSI is very loosely interpreted. <laughs> interpreted? In <laughs> Good thing I'm not writing the paper tonight. Interpreted in these parts. So do make sure you join us. We will be, um, those of us who are on Twitter, will be tweeting throughout the day pictures of our progress and asking questions and, and just general shenanigans will ensue. There will also be some stuff on Facebook. I will say um, I don't post to Facebook as 
often because I have to take a couple of extra steps to do so um, just because of the way I post to social networking. But Instagram, Twitter will be happening. I will post to Facebook and other folks, of course, will be posting to Facebook throughout the day. So if you're only on Facebook, you will get some conversation going there as well. Um, Back in the day, I used to do periodic giveaways and it was a whole thing. And no, that's not, I'm marking myself as lucky that I'm just gonna be at my sewing machine (laughs) this year. Um, So we'll just, you know, I'm not gonna bribe you this year to participate, just come along and play. All right, Sandy update. I did actually get the long-term Sue Spargo Butterflies project done. This was a project I started as part of um, doing Sue Spargo's embroidery class on Craftsy. I started it, gosh, I think it was last January or February that I started that thing and I just finally finished it off last week. and really it, it only took, you know, it was only like a butterfly and a half left to finish, but I'm really glad I got that done. Um, I'm not thrilled with the final result, but that doesn't have anything to do with the pattern. And now I'm kind of feeling like I might've already talked about this in my last episode, so I'm not gonna spend much more time talking about it. I did write a blog post about uh, the the completion and there's a photo on there. There's not a whole lot of close-ups. Um, most of the embroidery is fine. And, and like I said in my blog post, I did say I loved learning all the embroidery. I loved playing with all the threads that I played with. That part of it was good. Um, the problem was the applique, and I, I'm pretty sure I did talk about that in the last episode. So um, I'm not beating myself up about it. It was a learning curve process, and I learned. And that's what you do those things for. But That being said, it's done and it's hanging in what I refer to as my rogues gallery. (laughs) The the rogues gallery is a section of the wall of the hallway um, that leads into my office, which um, me and, well, family members and I are the only people that go down that hallway and really mostly just me because it's my office that's at the end of that hall. So um, it's not something that people who come visit the house will see. but I keep a lot of my um, experimental projects there, uh, partly just as a reminder of what fun it is to experiment. So anyway, it is it is hanging on that wall. Um, I almost have the pudgy bird garland done. Uh, I've got all the embroidery done, all the pieces are cut, although I might be a bird short. <laughs> if, if that's not too close to saying I'm a card short of a full deck, I'm a bird short of a full garland. Um, Somewhere along the way, one of the plain white non-embroidered birdies flew the coop. I have no idea what happened to it. So um, I don't remember now if I've already cut one to replace it or not. It's all sitting out on my cutting table, so it's no big deal. I will just see next time I go to stand in front of it and gaze at it assessingly, I will know whether or not I'm still missing that one. (laughs) It is clearly a really good thing I'm not working on my paper tonight. Uh, In any case, yeah, it's been a long Monday, I guess. Um, What happened with the garland? I was so close to just knocking it out on Saturday. Um, I had, I worked on my paper for several hours in the morning and into the early afternoon. Then I ran some errands. And um, when I got home, I had laid out, when I first put all the felted wool and, you know, the embroidery threads and everything for this project together, I had a ribbon, a spool of ribbon in my stash left from something that never got done. Who knows what it was, but it was the perfect ribbon, I thought, for this project. And the pattern in the book 
had said you needed one yard or it had converted it from meters um, metric whatever the metric was it had said the equivalent of one yard of ribbon and so I thought I had more than that on the spool but when I pulled it off the spool it was a yard and maybe like three inches or so um, and it was a new spool so it was kind of a weird length but anyway I pulled it off I spread it out on my cutting table and I took one look at it and I said there is no stinking way all those birds <laughs> are fitting on that garland and sure enough as I started laying them out um, on the ribbon as they were going to be sewn on there I had like four birds left over that were not fitting on that garland and everything was the same size as the patterns I, I don't know clearly there was an error in the pattern somewhere along the way um, whether it whether it was in the length of ribbon you needed or whether it was in how big you were supposed to um, enlarge I was say blow up but <laughs> enlarge the applique the bird shape on your computer it's I think it was oh I don't know said something like 200% and I enlarged it the amount it said so my birds are supposedly the same size as the birds in the book um, but somehow I had significantly less ribbon than I needed and then if you'll recall I ended up with two sets of birds for two garlands so um, after I had already been to Joanne's <laughs> as part of my errand running and I get home and I get everything put away and I come up to my cutting room and um, or my sewing room and I start to work on the birdie thing and I realize dang it gotta go back to Joanne's because I, I have some other random ribbon in my stash but none of it was at all even close to what I needed um, color wise and style wise for uh, the garland so yeah I went immediately back to Joanne's now I am fortunate in that I live only about 15 minutes drive from a pretty good Joanne's so it wasn't a huge deal but it was just time I hadn't really wanted to spend because in the I don't know what 45 minutes it took me to drive to Joanne's find the ribbon stand in line because it was really crowded um, and come back home I could have had the stupid thing done but in any case I now have two ribbons <laughs> and plenty of ribbon to do the two garlands I just you know have not had time now to get them sewn on um, Sunday again I worked uh, quite a few hours on my paper and then it was my great niece's second birthday so we drove out to their house which is about a 45 minute drive uh, so that was pretty much all afternoon and evening and I have not been sleeping well at all lately uh, again refer back to the whole stressing about the paper thing <laughs> and so by the time I got home from um, my great niece's party I just I've, I was fried I sat on the couch and I played really mindless games on my iPad and went to bed at like 9 30. Um, so pudgy bird still not done but very very close I mean I think it'll probably take me about an hour to finish it just because you have to be a little finicky about how you get them sewn on there but I'm looking forward to getting that done um I did get some more pretty mail last week I got some lovely embroidery threads hand dyed and uh, embroidery threads from a place called color compliments online and I did again I posted that in my blog you'll find the link somewhere there um, give her your business especially those of you who live in the UK because she is herself in the UK um, I was able to order threads and have them mailed to me she does ship airmail but obviously it would probably be a little bit less expensive for those of you who 
she only has to mail it surface mail um, but they are gorgeous gorgeous threads color complements color spelled the british slash canadian way and australian do you spell it with a u as well i'm not sure uh so that's been nice and i have been um, I've got sort of a, an embroidery sampler piece working just to give me a chance again to use a lot of these threads, but now I'm using, they're all much more normal threads, <laughs> I guess. They're um, variations of various types of pearl cottons and a few silk threads uh, that are much more normal than most of what I used <laughs> on Lucy Spargo. And it's interesting because I'm finding myself having to relearn how to do some of the stitches with normal thread. <laughs> a lot of the threads I was using were really bulky so you I had to adjust my stitches uh, to you know really utilize that thread and now I'm having to rework in my head how I space everything because I'm using really really skinny threads and it is it's just a different trying to figure out what um, designs will work best with the, the smaller thread and that kind of thing but it, it's still been fun and as I said um, I think I said this on my blog, or it might have been in Twitter, that I, I did my first ever bouillon rose. Um, I've done a bouillon stitch before. I really like it, although it takes first stinking ever to do <laughs> because there's a lot of wraps involved in it. Um, but I'd never done a bouillon rose. So one of the first things I did with this gorgeous hand-dyed embroidery thread that I got was I whipped off, a, well, didn't whip it off. It took me a while, but I did do a bouillon rose. And it was not um, the most... Uh, perfect of bouillon roses I clearly need some practice on it but heck that thread makes anything look good so it was still really pretty to to look at um, now most of what I've been uh, mentally focused on in the last week or so and I did do a couple of blog posts related to this I have launched a crazy quilt sew along and how this also came about was a couple of my um, quilty guild friends and I were all talking about how much we really like doing embroidery and so we started meeting together. Um, well, meeting, we've done it once, I think, so far and we're gonna do it again in December uh, just to get together and uh, swap patterns and, and ideas and everything and then stitch together. And so we got talking about how we all wanted to do crazy quilts and so we're doing a, a sew long. We're each doing our own blocks. We're not swapping or anything like that. And we're not challenging towards any particular designs or fabrics or, or threads or whatever. We're just encouraging each other to do a block. Um, so, and we're gonna keep doing blocks until we decide we're done doing blocks for a while. We don't have any firm plans as to how this is all gonna play out. Uh, so I just invited y'all to play along. Anybody who's ever wanted to do a crazy quilt, um, and you don't have to do hand embroidery. You can very easily and very quickly do crazy quilts using machine embroidery. Um, so you can join in either way. And I do have a Flickr group set up for it. And the Flickr group, if you go to Flickr, you can just search for um, the name of the group is Q. I don't think I spelled it out. I don't think I said quilting for the rest of us crazy quilts in the actual name of the group. It's Q F T R U crazy quilts. The um, acronym for my podcast name, Quilting for the Rest of Us. And by the way, I dropped the O. I never use the O whenever I use the letters for some reason. It's just Q-F-T-R-U, Crazy Quilts. And I did post two blog posts about this. The first one was inviting everybody to the Crazy Quilt so long, and the second one was after I set up the Flickr group, I put the link to the Flickr group in that um, post. 
Now, you can certainly become a member of the Flickr group so that you can see all the pictures, whether or not you, you want to participate in the sew along. Um, and by the sew along, this is, I keep referring to it as a very slow stitch along because our group doesn't meet on a regular basis. We, whenever we get together, we figure out when the next time is we can be together. So sometimes it might be three weeks, sometimes it might be six weeks. It's just going to depend on our um, calendars. And we're right now we're just saying we're going to have one block ready, uh, pieced and ready to be stitched when we get together. And I think the next time we're getting together is something like December 12th. It's, that's in the blog post. So if that helps to give yourself a deadline, then have a crazy quilt block done by December 12th. If you don't need a deadline, don't sweat it. <laughs> this, is, this is not, it's not like we're going to be, um, you know, posting an, a pattern and you have to get one done before you get the next pattern or you'll get behind. No, 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 that's not. Remember, this is me. <laughs> this is me that can't stick to a deadline about quilting if it, you know if my life depended on it. Uh, so it's very casual, very casual. I've had a few people who commented on the blog post that they did want to join along and they've already got crazy quilt blocks. And that is fantastic. You do not have to create anything new if you've already got something languishing, <laughs> languishing women and men um, on your shelves or in a drawer or in a bag or something, crazy quilt blocks that you started and just never finished or whatever. Um, so I will be posting progress on my blog as that goes along. I did uh, already collect all the fabrics because as we were talking when we were deciding to do this, both of my friends have done a lot of other types of sewing, um, garment sewing and upholstery sewing and all this. So they've got a, a wide variety of a ton of different fabrics. And I had started out saying, geez, I've only got cottons. It wasn't until I got home that I realized, well, duh, I've actually got three bins not huge ones, they're like shoe size, shoe box size bins that are labeled art quilt fabric. And what those are, are all my weird fabrics. <laughs> and those are, most of them I bought at a, um, there was an estate sale of an art quilt, art quilter who was not an estate sale. She was de-stashing. And so a friend of mine had gone and bought a bunch of it um, and brought it home. And gosh, I really feel like I've already told the story. <laughs> have I? I don't think so. Anyway, I have a bunch of really random fabrics, a lot of different types of fabrics, um, uh, some that are cotton but have been painted or messed with in some way as she was experimenting with various techniques. Um, plus, I have um, ethnic fabrics. I have fabrics that I bought um, and that I got scraps for when I was in Burma. Um, and some fabric that I bought, and now I have scraps from when I was in Thailand. Um, in any case, what I decided I wanted to do was use a collection of fabrics that I had bought either in Houston or Paducah, I don't remember now where, of crosswoven cottons. And crosswoven and shot cotton, I believe, are two different names for the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. I knew it as crosswoven before I started hearing the term shot cottons. Um, I think it's Kate Facet, who refers to them as shot, shot cottons. Crosswovens are where the warp and the weft are two different colors. And so the, the fabric, when you're looking at it straight on, has one particular color. But then if you turn it to the side, it gets a little bit of a sheen of a different color. Um, frequently, the, the second color is black. So that gives it a really um, luxe kind of feel to it, a very deep, saturated 
feel, but not always. And I had, I think a total of eight half yard cuts of crosswovens that I had bought from a vendor who um, the fabrics were from Indonesia and it was a, you know, a fair trade kind of place. And they're gorgeous, deep, saturated colors. And some of them, the, the crosswoven effect is actually a different color. It's not just black. They're really, really cool. And I thought they would be perfect to use as my base fabrics um, for a crazy quilt. And then I'm throwing in other types of scraps. And some of the um, scraps I have from my Burma fabrics, my ethnic kachin, and uh, I think they're all kachin. There might be a shan in there. Um, tribal fabrics designs uh, will work beautifully in this because a lot of them are that same saturated and a couple of them are also crosswoven fabrics um, and then a lot of the art quilt fabrics and stuff so I've got a bin set aside for this and then as I've been running across like I had some hand dyed lace some lace I had bought and just experimented with um, I've got that thrown in there I'm just kind of you know throwing things in the bin as I run across it um, so what I'm also doing is using this as a chance to finally actually do Allie Aller's class on Craftsy um, on Crazy Quilting. I've owned it for a long time, a long time. I wanna say maybe over a year because I have very specific memory in my head of sitting in a hotel room <laughs> watching it on one of my work trips. And I think that was the summer before this past one. Um, in any case, that's immaterial. Uh, I've just had it for a while and I had watched it, I think, all the way through and kept thinking, oh, I really want to do a crazy quilt. I just, it never came, it never surfaced as a project. And so now I'm going back and I'm, I'm watching them again. And she does, uh, she does four different types of blocks and at least the first two, maybe the first three use templates. And so I had decided, and then the fourth one is design your own free freestyle, you know, free form intuitive applique, I think is what she calls it. Um, so the first one, I did go ahead and I printed off the template because very helpfully it is the same size <laughs> of a finished block that what we decided to do in our challenge. And again, for us, it doesn't matter if we wanted to do a different size, we could. We just sort of chose a size that felt like it was something all of us could actually accomplish <laughs> in the time we needed to go. We didn't want to go a lot bigger and smaller can sometimes be a little problematic as well. Um, but in any case, it turned out to be the same size as Allie Aller's templates are. And so I printed one off. And then I remembered that I actually had a, a, I don't know if this is called a tool or a notion. What is template plastic considered? Is that a notion or is it a tool? I don't know these things. Somebody tell me. Uh, in any case, I had bought, when I had taken um, a class with Ami Sims over the summer, uh, which I think I talked about in some podcast episode somewhere along the way. She sells on her website a sticky template plastic. And what it is, is it's it's template plastic. And it's a fairly thick one. I mean, not super stiff, but it's it's got some heft to it. And one side of it is um, adhesive and it, it's got a paperback. So you pull the paper off of it and then you actually just put it down on top of whatever your pattern is and then cut around it. So you don't have to trace anything. You don't have to um, transfer, you know, one way to the other to get your templates out. You just slap it down over the pattern and cut away. And on the Allie Aller templates, if you print them off, not only does she have the, 
the shapes of the different pieces for the crazy quilt, but she has them numbered for the, um, the order in which you sew them on. And then she's got an arrow on there for which way faces up so you can keep track of which piece, you know, goes how you orient them. And so all I had to do was use the sticky template plastic and just slap it over the top of that thing and cut it off. And I've got all that information right there without having to write it all in. Um, now I haven't actually used it yet. <laughs> to, I mean, I've, I've done my templates. I've got them all cut and ready to go. I haven't actually started cutting any fabric yet. So the first thought I had was, okay, well, this is great. I've got these templates, but you can't put a pin through this. You know, how can I pin this to the fabric? And then I remembered another tool slash notion. <laughs> Again, somebody define this for me. Um, that I had bought based on somebody else's class. And I cannot for the life of me remember who it was that talked about this. It was one of the craftsy class. And they're the sticky dots that come on um, long strips that they're in a tape dispenser and you just roll the tape dispenser along whatever it is you want these dots to show up on and it just puts them down in a row. And then it's the repositionable um, adhesive. And what I'm gonna do, because if you don't know what I'm talking about, there is no way you're gonna know what I'm talking about <laughs> from this description <laughs> in audio. Um, unless you have a really, really good imagination. And I just, you know, zinged right in there and described it in such a way that you've got it. Um, I'm, I'm skeptical. So I do have a link um, to one that I'm going to put on the show notes of this episode so that you can link through and actually see what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a few different brands of it. I'm just linking to one so you can see what they're talking about. I'm not necessarily recommending a particular brand. Um, and in fact, I'd actually have to double check what brand I have. So in any case, what I'm thinking I'm going to do is use the sticky dots on the back of that template plastic so that when I put it to the fabric, it kind of grips the fabric. Um, because ultimately, this is not something, it's a crazy quilt. You, accuracy is not a real factor here. As long as you're pretty close, you know, you're going to be good. So if it doesn't stick to the fabric exactly, I'm okay. It just needs to kind of slap on there so that it I know which fabric I'm talking about. Um, and then you remove the template plastic before you actually do the sewing anyway. So I really think this is going to work for me. Um, again, haven't gotten to the actual cutting of the fabric and the piecing of the block. So I will keep you posted, but I'm very excited about the possibilities. Uh, the sticky template plastic, um, you know, obviously wouldn't work if I was trying to fussy cut something because you've got the paper uh, design stuck to one side of it. So you're, you're, it's not see-through, it's opaque. Um, but I'm not fussy cutting anything, at least at this point. And if I do need to fussy cut something, I will deal with that one piece. But I really think this could um, be something that sort of speeds up the process, at least in terms of making templates. I don't know that I would be able to use this technique for the templates in Ginny Byer's Block of the Month. Ooh, there's a blast from the past. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't talked about that in months. Um, you know, I got January's block for the, the Ginny Buyer block of the month, which is on Craftsy, the 2015. I bought the kit. I was all gung-ho. Gung I did the very first block hand piecing, decided that was enough of that, <laughs> went back to the machine. I got one of two blocks done for February. I have not done a single block since. Now, I have downloaded all of the materials uh, so that I've got them, you know, all on file. And maybe someday, but in any case, part of the stopper with that is it's a 
boatload of templates, but I don't think I'd be able to use the sticky template stuff because you do fussy cut a lot of those pieces. It's, it's very slow. It's a very slow process. Um, so part of me is thinking, you know, that would be if I ever get to go on a quilt retreat again, that might be the one project I bring with me and just work on that all weekend. Uh, but that's a whole other thing. Let me get back to my happy place of talking about crazy quilts. Um, I did have to go, that was my Joann's run because um, Allie Aller suggests backing that you use a really dirt cheap muslin. She said, don't buy anything expensive, find the cheapest stuff you can get and use that as your foundation. So you're actually stitching everything to the muslin. And then she also suggests uh, using a fusible knit interfacing on the muslin. So it just keeps everything a little bit more um, firm as you're going. Plus, she also says the fusible knit interfacing would also work when you use those specialty fabrics. And the reason she uses fusible knit interfacing is because it's really easy to stitch through, as opposed to other stabilizers, which can give you grief when you're trying to embroider by hand. Now, if you're doing machine embroidery, it really doesn't matter. Um, you can use whatever stabilizer you want, uh, but you probably will still want to use a stabilizer. Um, so anyway, I don't own anything like fusible knit interfacing. I have a boatload of stabilizers here in the house, but none of them were that type. And all of them would not have been something I wanted to hand stitch through. Um, and I had no muslin. So both of those things I, I did go um, and buy. What I had, the brainstorm I had, boy, I'm talking a lot about crazy quilts, but that's why we have the title of this episode. Um, the, the brainstorm I had a couple of days, I, I don't think I even talked about this in the blog post because it didn't really strike me until later. I have in my possession a book, a sample book of lace from a woman. I inherited it from my mother who somehow had ended up with it. I think she must have inherited it from her mother um, because the lace was made by hand from what my aunt, uh, my aunt, the last surviving sister, was the one who told me what this was after my mom passed away and we were going through mom's stuff. And I ran across a sample book and it was my aunt who told me. Um, so I'm quoting her. It was made by the old German lady that lived next door to them growing up. Um, now, my hometown, well, now my mom's hometown, where I live now, I actually grew up somewhere else, but um, tons of German immigrants, tons and tons of German immigrants and um, my mom lived in an area where a lot of them would have settled. Uh, I have some German heritage, but not, well, yeah, well, no, mostly from her side, mostly English and French Canadian. Um, in any case, uh, she had this old German lady that lived next door to them um, and would sit out on her porch all day, hand making lace. And so somehow, I guess the woman when she um, she gave my my grandmother the sample book. My grandmother passed it down to my mom. I now have it. And um, I decided what I really want to do is try to use these, at least some of these samples in my crazy quilt. The problem is some of it's kind of deteriorated because it's been sitting, it, they were just stapled to pages that look like construction paper. I don't think that, certainly not archival paper of any kind. Um, there's not a lot of staining going on them. It just looks like antique lace, but there's definitely some places where some of the, the lace itself has torn away a little bit. 
Um, I can certainly cut around that. I can just cut the bad pipes out and use the nice parts. I'm a little concerned about whether the lace will start deteriorating if it's exposed to air. And the only reason I'd worry about that, because normally, you know, all this stuff is normally you put laced oilies out on your armchair arms. Um, <laughs> not in my house, but it's been known to happen. Um, but this lace in particular has been sitting in a book in a bin for decades. Um, I mean, I never saw it growing up. So, and my mom's mother passed away when I was only like three years old. So it, if she had it that long, it's been in a box for that long. So I don't know if anybody has an answer to this. I did post that same question um, in the Flickr group and on Twitter, and I haven't heard anything yet. Uh, if anybody knows whether there's any particular risk <laughs> to this lace, I'm guessing the lace dates from probably the 30s and 40s. It might be older than that, but that's when my mom was doing her growing up was in the 30s and 40s. Uh, so if their memories of this woman making lace, that's probably about the time period that this lace is from. It might be older though, because I don't know how old the sample book is. Um, but it's really, I mean, this woman was an astounding lace maker. <laughs> it's tiny, tiny little dinky stitches. Uh, so that's my question. If anybody knows whether there's any particular risk with that. Um, I do think if I decide I need to wash any of this, I know it's just sort of a, a question of a very gentle soak. Um, and you know, just doing it in the sink, obviously I'm not going to throw it in a washing machine. Um, but again, if anybody's done a lot of work with antique lace, just let me know if there's any tricks to it. Uh, if you are interested in doing the crazy quilt, I did lift, list a few books on and blogs and such on the blog post about the crazy quilt uh, stitch along, slow stitch along. Um, I have since bought a couple new ones. <laughs> and then I found that I had one on my shelf that I inherited from my mother. I, I kept thinking, I could swear I had a book on this. And I finally dug through my shelf. And sure enough, I did. Because you know what? Why only have one book? when five can do the job just as well. That is what I live my life by. <laughs> so I've now got, oh, probably th four books, maybe five, specific to crazy quilting. And then I've got several on embroidery. Um, but I did post several, a lot of that in the blog post. And as I, you know, keep working through this, I'll reference other books and such too. So if you're just new to this and you just want to find out about it, do go look at that blog post. Um, so that's enough of the Sandy update. Um, I'm also working on a, another very small little fast embroidery project um, that just sort of struck my fancy <laughs> again, so I could use the pretty, pretty new threads. It's This one's just a felted wool um, design. I'm sort of building it as I go. I think it's going to end up being a mug rug for myself. Um, I don't know. I'm just right now, I'm just kind of playing around. So at some point, you'll see a picture of that. Um, hmm. I think that's it now in terms of the Sandy update. So let's talk a little bit about BFSI. What are my plans for the weekend? We actually, um, I don't have a lot going on the calendar. We're going out to, uh, another family. We're going to family's house for Thanksgiving. I'm not hosting here, so I won't have to spend Friday cleaning the kitchen as I have in Thanksgiving past. Uh, so other than the fact that I do have major work I've got to get done on the paper, um, I should also still end up with a fair amount of time for sewing, at least a couple hours a day. Uh, so I do plan on really 
knocking out the Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> I've really got to sit down. And that's something where it's good to have a good chunk of time so I can throw some Netflix on and, and just sit there and chain stitch because that's all it is. Um, I'm also going to make my crazy quilt block. Like I said, I've already kind of started a little bit of that process, but I haven't started putting it together. Um, then I'm learning software for... <laughs> I bought, I bought a software for writing dissertations. It's geared at academics um, and also authors. And you know you're in trouble when the user manual itself is 665 pages. <laughs> it's, this is a massive, because it's not just a software, it's sort of a suite of softwares that all interact with each other. Um, oh, golly Moses. So, I had kind of, I bought it in time thinking, I bought it last week thinking, well, maybe I could, you know, use this paper I'm working on now to get up to speed on the software. And I finally decided, no, I don't have that much time. <laughs> so I'm going to use the stuff I've been using um, for this paper. But meanwhile, be sort of starting to switch over to this other software. Um, I am seeing possibilities in it, which is good because it's really expensive. And I debated it for several months before I finally decided maybe this is really what I need to do. Um, so anyway, that's that's the other thing I've been spending some time on. And I just need to step away <laughs> from it and come back to it after this paper is done. Um, so that's that's been my life. And I think I've got some listener feedback, so let me pause and quickly go check my email. Okay, I think I'm going to be moving backwards in time here. I think I'm starting with the most recent um, and going backwards. Thank you to Jennifer in Indy, who's going to be joining us for Black Friday, and Diane as well, who is going to be joining us for Black Friday and is hoping to see a lot of Twitter participation. Um, thank you to Lauren for her comment on episode 189, in which it's good to be back in a routine. Um, and she says she thinks she's going to be joining us in the Crazy Quilting after the first of the year. She's got the Craftsy class and some blocks already pieced. But she says, I really like the journal quilt idea for doing a block a month. I much prefer handwork to machine work, so maybe this will be a good project to give me an incentive to dust off my collection of threads and see what I can do. To which I responded something like, what, your threads are collecting dust? Say it ain't so. Um, so thank you, Lauren, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you come up with. Thank you to um, Terry, who commented on finally a finished butterflies are free to fly. And she said, nice work on the Suspargo embroidery. I can relate to your feelings about it. Those technical challenges can tarnish your love. And that is true. When you find yourself um, not liking how things have worked, if you're not ripping it out and starting over anyway, and you're just moving through, it just kind of takes a little bit of the wind out of your sails. But in any case, Terry was also very nice about it. So thank you for your comments. Uh, thank you to Mary Lou on the same blog post. She is tackling an embroidery class via Craftsy as well. She said she's still working on the running stitch, trying to avoid the speed bumps look. Um, I've actually found, I don't use the running stitch all that often. Sometimes I do. Um, but it is, it's hard to keep it even. I tend to use the stem stitch more often because that one, once you kind of get, it's easier to get a sense of where to place your needle and come through and everything to keep it in line. But it is also a little bit more forgiving, I think. So there's your tip, Mary Lou. Skip the running stitch and move on to the stem stitch. Um, and she says, I've done beautiful work and she's loving my gorgeous threads. Thank you. A good thread can make anything look good. 
thank you to Carol, also on the same blog post. Um, and she says, I want to reach into my computer and touch. And it is true, there is a lot of texture on that project. And I did really enjoy being able to do that. Um, Carol says, I'll be keeping the fancy floss thread industry going for years to come, doing your part for the economy and all. <laughs> and that is true. I am just trying to put other people's children through school. Um, thank you to Beverly, same blog post, and she's she is enrolled in the bead embroidery class with Myra Wood. She says it's really good for adding lots of bling to your crazy quilts or just a pretty small quilt top. And I have also taken that class. I just have not gotten to posting the review of the class yet. I've actually finished it probably in August or September, um, but I have not actually used. I mean, I've done a little bit of breed, ble bleeding, <laughs> beading. <laughs> I did a little bit of beading on the Sue Spargo. Yes, I did also bleed on it, but that's a whole other story. Um, but I haven't done a lot of beading yet, but I do plan on doing some on the Crazy Quilt. And it is a good class. Thank you to um, Margaret in Alberta on the same blog post. And she said, um, only you know which parts of it are a learning experience. And she asked whether I had ever um, dyed my own thread and made a couple of comments about that. And my response is I haven't, well, I did play around. I've got a couple threads that I had dyed while I was dyeing other stuff. I just sort of threw them in there, but it was nothing um, at all actually like intentional. <laughs> and so they're not, they're not anything I would necessarily use in a project. They didn't come out that great. Um, plus I think I was using really dirt cheap thread, so it's not a particularly nice quality, but it is something I do intend to do eventually. Right now my dye studio cobwebs and crickets. Uh, thank you to Gail for her comment on Join Me Why Don't You Crazy Quilt Blocks, and she is definitely in, um, and she actually already has a bunch of already pieced 11-inch blocks of satin and lace, and she's going to do it by machine. She doesn't plan on doing any hand embroidery for this project, for which, Gail, I forgive you. Um, and another comment from Trisha on the same one, who is... Uh, Planning on joining in, she says, I'll probably fall behind, but I'd like to join the fun. There would have to be something for you to fall behind. <laughs> We're not going to be on that rigid a schedule, so um, not a problem. And Trisha also pointed out to me that at the time, the Craftsy class link that I had linked to Allie Aller's class was not working in the blog post. I have fixed it um, as soon as I got her comment. So if you went in and that link didn't work, go back in and try it again. It should work this time. Nancy is also joining in the crazy quilt along and she says, I'm all about very slow things. I'm good at slow. Uh, she says, I must say though that Santa's workshop is in full gear, but I think I can work on an eight inch block with some silks I got in Paducah. Ooh, we wanna see pictures of the silks. Um, she says if she can figure out Flickr, she will even post pictures. Very excited about it. And Nancy, I'm excited about you um, joining in as well. Thank you to Jennifer, also on the same blog post, and she's hoping to join in as well. And Jennifer says she is getting ready to travel for about a year. So, wow, that's a trip and a half. Um, Jennifer, you got to tell me a little bit more about that. And she says in preparation for the trip, she's doing a lot of medical and dental, which is taking up way too much of her time. Uh, she has also set up a Pinterest board for crazy quilts, which includes a lot of embroidery pins, and she put the link to it directly in her comment. So if you're on Pinterest and you want a board for crazy quilts, um, go to the comment from Jennifer 
on Join Me Why Don't You Crazy Quilt Blocks, which I think I posted, what, last Wednesday? Something like that. And you will find a link to her Pinterest board. I also put in my blog post, I think, my Pinterest board on the same. Thank you to Pratima, who commented, like I said, I'm going backwards in time here, on my progress and goals uh, blog post from the week of November 7th. And she said, uh, it was nice to hear me <laughs> after a break. And that is true. Um, thank you, Pratima. Uh, it's nice to be heard. Um, she's looking forward to pictures of my Jacob Ladder quilt. Unfortunately, here's the thing, folks. I can post those pictures on Twitter. Um and I think Instagram, because I think I blocked all my family members <laughs> from both of those things. Uh, but I can't post it on Facebook until the gift has already been given. Um, so if you're only a Facebook person, you're not going to see anything until it's finished. Um, uh, the, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. I, and like I said, I have blocked family members <laughs> from Twitter and Instagram because as I said to my husband, I, I do way too many, you know, works in progress of stuff that might eventually become gifts. And so I just don't want to have to worry about everything I post. Wait, is this one something, you know, so I just blocked everybody. You guys are the only ones I'm friends with <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Doesn't that make you feel special? Uh, I got permission. You might remember in the last episode, I had said, referenced an email from Carolyn that I didn't want to share until I got her permission. She has since given me her permission. So I'm now going to share what her original email was to me. Um, she started out saying she was glad to see I'd finally posted again. She said it more nicely than that. <laughs> she said, I consider my quilting podcast ladies some of my best friends. Um, she said, I started listening to you, Francis, Pam, and Katie, when my grandson was in Afghanistan. You all got me through the sleepless nights when I would lay awake wondering what he was going through. We went down to Fort Campbell to see him and his buddies off. They were just children trying not to act scared. I wanted to go along and protect them. We were waiting for them when they came back a year later, minus four, and heard their battle stories. The first year they were back was miserable for all of them. They couldn't sleep at night. They were so bonded to each other they were lost on their own. So I spent another year worrying but you ladies were always there in the middle of the night to immerse me in your tales, diverting my thoughts, and lulling me to sleep. Thank you for getting me through those years. I will be forever grateful. Adam is in his second year of college now, so I think I can finally relax, but I can't give up my podcasts. I have to pause for a moment because I'm a little choked up. Okay, thank you, Carolyn. The, the truly moving and um, lovely story and my heart just breaks for our the soldiers it really does um, thank you for sharing that and bringing me into your world for an email's worth of time i i appreciate you sharing that with me um and thank you for letting me share it with everyone else Carolyn did go on to say she is still trying to figure out Instagram so she can post her quilt pictures and she's got Scrapitude ready to quilt. She's working on another qu uh, quilt for a daughter's friend using Crown Royal whiskey bags. She said she was caught in a weak moment. And you know, when I read your email, I thought, boy, that was the second time in a week I had seen or heard something about making a quilt with the Crown Royal whiskey bags. And 
I had, I guess I don't drink Crown Royal whiskey, so I hadn't even really realized there was a fabric involved <laughs> in that. Um, but boy, if anybody else is doing Crown Royal whiskey bag quilts, uh, lay some pictures on us, I'm curious. Carolyn also had just bought a table for her Janome quilting machine, and she finished a quilt this weekend. She said it was a great purchase, expensive, but worth the price to have it at a workable height. Um, so thank you again, Carolyn. Uh, still very, very moved. Um, thank you also to Sandy who emailed me um, looking for a free chubby bird simple design to use for a Christmas tree ornament. Um, I sent her a couple of links, but if anybody else um, has links that you would like to share for free pudgy birds, simple designs that would make a nice Christmas tree ornament, please link them in the comments for Sandy. Um, and she said she enjoys hearing about my embroidery journey. I'm a newbie at it and recently, recently finished a quilt block that I embroidered. And then she asked where the best place online to find unusual threads were. And I um, sent her a few. Uh, Sue Spargo's got a lot of great threads on her site. Uh, Mary Corbett in her blog, Needle, Needle and Thread, often links to other places. Her favorite one is something, oh, Hawthorne Threads? Uh, I don't remember. You'd have to go look at her blog. Um, and then my favorite really, really, really weird fiber place is called Minky Toy. M-E-I-N-K-E-T-O-Y, I think. Minky Toy. And they sell all those wonderful things like um, silk ribbons made out of old saris. S-A-R-I, saris. Um, and wonderful art yarns and everything. They've got some cool stuff on their site, so you got to check that one out too. So thank you very much for your email as well, Sandy. And I think that's all of the listener feedback. And I asked you some questions this time, so hopefully I will get even more comments now. Um, but it's also a holiday week, so I get that. I am hosting, uh, hosting? I'm hoping <laughs> to post another episode next weekend, because again, long weekend not overly scheduled, knock on wood. I am, I'm determined to keep it that way though. Um, I have already said no to a couple of possible things I could have been doing out of the house. I really just, mostly I need to hunker down on the paper, <laughs> but I also need to hunker down with my sewing machine as therapy. So there's that. Um, so that is it for this episode. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of me to give me all those lovely, lovely comments that I know are swimming through your head right now. You can, I'm sorry that uh, telepathy doesn't work. Um, email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Flickr, oh, any number of other places, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can friend me on Goodreads. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. And you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world. And of course, you can follow the blog either through a feed reader or by email or just going to the site on a regular basis. You will find all of those things at my website at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until the next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom.